Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. Thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. My name is Rob Snow White. This is Series 1, Episode 103, Exploring Nashville's Food Scene. The Snow White family embarked on an end-of-summer vacation down to Nashville to check out all the great things we've been hearing about the food scene down there. This is my walking around podcast. We're going to tell you about our favorite places to eat, what we ordered there, a little bit about the natural beauty of Nashville, the different neighborhoods, and all the awesome things that we came across while we're down there. Please seek out these restaurants if you were down there because they are freaking ridiculous. So enjoy the Brown Food Podcast from Nashville, August 2017. This podcast is brought to you by Risenfly.com. Risenfly is a quality fly fishing gear provider that will rival the big companies, but keep some extra money in your pocket. Rods, reels, lines, accessories, and so much more. Please support Risenfly, another small business. You can check them out in person at the Lancaster Fly Fishing Show coming up in 2018. Risenfly.com.
Well, good morning. It's 8.48 a.m. It's Monday, 21st of August. I'm down here on the banks of the Potomac River. Not where you'd think. I'm not actually fishing. I'm headed on a little vacation. I'm at National Airport. If you're not a D.C. native, that's Reagan National to you. We are headed to Nashville for a couple of days of just seeing what another little city in America is like. Do a little cultural and cuisine tour. I checked that out. There are uh, there are mayfly shucks on the glass here. That's pretty cool. And there's even a trico caught in a spider web. Wherever I go, it's fishing related. How about that? You might also know today as the day of the solar eclipse. We will be in the air flying from Chicago to Nashville. I thought it was a direct flight, so I made sure we got seats on the left side flying to Nashville. Apparently, we're going to be on the other side of the plane, so we're going to have to fix things. I was able to get the last pair of solar eclipse glasses in Fairfax at the hobby store. This was not even planned. We didn't plan our vacation at this time of year to go where the eclipse was. Nashville is one of the hot spots. The original plan was to go to Miami. We just couldn't get a good flight there. And of course, I wanted to go fishing and eat Cuban food and all the fun stuff mentioned on my podcast from earlier this year about bucket list locations. But instead, we're going to go to Nashville, another place we've always wanted to go. Going to eat some hot chicken, some other food you can find down there. And this is more of the wife's planning, so I don't really know what we're doing. If it was my planning, I'd know the tides and the fishing spots and the other places. But she's got the food itinerary for us. Try and get a little pair of cowboy boots for the pixie. And we'll be back on Friday for the second to the last wind down at the Rutherford Area Swim Club. School starts a week from today in Fairfax, which is odd. It's always started after Labor Day in Virginia, known as the King's Dominion Law, where King's Dominion wanted, that's the roller coaster park, they wanted people to go there as a last blowout for summer and so they could have employees that weren't doing schoolwork. And they changed that. So first time ever that I can remember school is before Labor Day. You might go and get some Rick Bayless food at the next airport stop or a Chicago-style hot dog. The plan is maybe meet up with some people in Nashville to try and get some podcasting done, make it fishing-related, and stop in the fly shops if we're near there. Drop off some TPFR swag. Speaking of TPFR, we've got the Bluegill Tournament coming up on September 7th, I believe. So if we get this out before then, tpfr.org, go to events. And the quote-unquote weigh-in is going to be at the Beer Garden in Tyson's right next to the metro station across from the Orvis store for reference. That's it for me. I'm going to go uh, read some news on my phone, find out what's going on in the world, and get my stuff ready for the airplane. I've got the iPhone camera ready. I'm cleaning up my DSLR. And eventually I'll get some of these pictures online for you. Still haven't even posted the DSLR pictures from Montreal of all the butterflies. That's about it for now. Not sure what else, but we're going to make this one up as we go along. Looking out over the peninsula at Haynes Point. Did not even bring fishing gear on this one, so we're going to hope that it's just a fun-filled trip. All right. Hopefully you all don't burn your eyeballs out today. That'll be a good thing. I would say at 38,000 feet.
Looking at uh, one hour and 33 minutes from takeoff to touchdown. We do expect a few bumps along the way, but we'll get that signal sign off for you if we find some smooth air. Currently in Chicago, they are reporting winds out of the southwest at about 5 miles an hour. Good visibility with uh, cloudy skies. Temperature about 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Your flight attendants back have very important safety information for you. Please listen to any and all announcements as they are there primarily for your safety. We're just getting that paperwork right now. We will be on our way in just a few minutes. I'd like to invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy the one hour and 33 minute flight to Chicago. Now, there's one thing they didn't announce is that this guy got bumped to first class. So I'm up here. It's like a Fergie song. I'm going to enjoy this ride while I can. I've only done first class twice before. Once was from. Cape Town to Johannesburg. That was a 45-minute flight. And the second was from Dulles to Oahu and back. So I'm going to see if I can enjoy this one and maybe get myself something nice to eat and drink. About to take off for the first leg of the trip. Stay tuned for the rest. Eclipse should be coming on in just a couple of hours. U.S. regulations require all large portable electronic devices to be turned off and stowed at this time. You may continue to use your small, lightweight devices. Please make sure they are switched to airplane mode or the service services turned off. These devices must be... All right, it is 4.30 Central Time. On the ground here in Nashville at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Dying of thirst. I got to go find a convenience store and get something to drink because I'm parched. We had the Rick Bayless sandwich joint in the airport, further emphasizing how much terrible sandwiches are out there in the world. I had some chipotle chicken with avocado and arugula on crusty bread. That was nuts. I think I'm really thirsty because of that. And it's hot out here, and I'm wearing airport long sleeves and long pants because it's cold inside. So we missed the whole thing pretty much. Got to see a little bit of the eclipse while we were in the airport, but the whole thing happened down here. We got on the plane right as the totality was going through. And there was a good 30 to 40 minute wait because we were out of gas on the airplane and they had to put in 1,600 gallons of gas or something. And we didn't see anything from the ground. Now you can hear that little plane taking off. So we finally landed here, and the airport is full of corporate jets. It's like the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight from Vegas a couple years back. There are so many little itty-bitty private planes here for the Eclipse. They even have Eclipse cups at Wendy's. I'm pretty sure we can get some discount Eclipse logo gear tomorrow. The Uber driver was absolutely hilarious. I should have been recording while... We had her in the car. She's a high school or elementary school teacher, and the kids had the day off today. And she was giving us stories. She said, wherever we go for hot chicken, we are going to have to wait in line for a long time. She said, Hattie B's is the new one, but we got to go to the original. The same old lady's cooking it in the same cast iron skillets. Her pictures from her phone were pretty ridiculous, showing what we did miss down here. But again, yeah, it wasn't part of the trip, but it would have been super cool to have been able to see that total lunar eclipse. I was told the cricket started chirping in South Carolina. There goes another private plane. It looks like every minute there's going to be a small plane taking off. 
apparently there's a million extra people in town just for the eclipse. She said it's crazy around here right now. So hopefully they clear out and we can go get a nice spot at a restaurant for dinner. Apparently there's a fried chicken place that puts apple pie on top of your fried chicken. And I think I need that in my life. So I'm going to go check that out for you. I'm going to get back to you. That plane is banking this way now. It's pretty sweet watching all these little planes take off. You don't get these little itty bitty ones in D.C. anymore. After 9-11, they weren't allowed to fly into National. So I don't really see them too much. I got to go find a McDonald's and get myself a 99 cent large Coke with a little bit of ice. I am so parched right now. Well, greetings from the back deck of our Airbnb. It's 8 o'clock Central Time. Had a pretty fantastic dinner. So, ooh, something just ran past me. I really hope that wasn't a rat. Damn, what was that? All right, so we unpack here, get all of our stuff situated, and we head over to Pepper Fire. It's a hot chicken joint. It's uh, maybe two miles away from the Airbnb. So we roll in there, and there's a huge line. And one thing that place could use is some ceiling fans because it's hot. There's a lot of people. Remember, everybody lets off the same amount of heat as a 100-watt light bulb. In the future, no one's going to know what a 100-watt light bulb was. So if you're listening to this in the year 2050 and you don't know what I'm talking about, it was a light bulb back in the day that, that let off heat. It's a waste of energy. That's why we got rid of them. We order. I get the deep-fried battered pepper jack grilled cheese sandwich with three spicy chicken fingers. I got mild because I don't want to be crazy. I don't want to be sitting on the toilet all night. And I got a side of fries and beans. And they have one of those fancy Coca-Cola machines. So I decided to get myself a cold soda. We waited about 30-something minutes for food. It was not a bad wait. Good people watching. A lot of really good tattoos. A lot of good nerdy shirts in there. What's the president talking about Total now? immortality. I can see people watching TV, so I turn on my phone. And I'm in the backyard. It's pretty sweet out here. There's a little bottle opener on the little shed. Um, the chairs in that restaurant were the heaviest chairs I've ever dealt with. They must have been 40 pounds each. We started off with a club soda, Dasani Sparkling. And we got bats above us now. And then the food finally arrived. The pixie picked at her chicken fingers, nibbled her fries, slurped up some beans. Beans were pretty awesome. Fries, mediocre. These were like Cisco brand, frozen in a package. Once they get cold, they're just mealy starch. The chicken fingers, top notch. They were crispy, crunchy, hot in the middle, a little stringy. Once you bite into them, I was sweating more from the heat of them coming out of the fryer than the actual spice. And I punished all three of them. The wife said her chicken finger sandwich could have been spicier. That's the mistake I'd rather make is getting too mild and too spicy. And we had blue cheese dressing. And then I went to the sandwich, which was just awesome. Sandwich was not as hot as the chicken fingers. I think they were cooked at different times. But it's crispy, crunchy, chewy. That's the kind of meal you want after a night of just bar hopping. That kind of meal would just soak up everything. They fixed the soda machine because it was only spitting out water. And I got myself a Coke. And then I went back to the water because it was just too damn hot in there. And we 
punished our food. Somehow I noticed a dude two seats down had dropped his credit card. So I picked that up and gave it to him. And then we moseyed on over to Aldi to get some lemonade, some fruit, some of their baked Clancy's chips. I'm going to put up Aldi chips against any other brand of potato chips. They're, they're pretty damn good. Clancy knows what he's doing. Then we rolled over to the, I was like, four points something store. We passed this little white shack at an intersection in a neighborhood. And it said, best selection of local beers. And I'm like, all right, is this like an elf, you know, best coffee, cup, cup coffee in the world? Is it the best cup of coffee in the world that they're advertising? So we go ahead and drive back over there, and it was nuts. This place had everything. They had the Green Man IPA. They had all the Lagunitas. A lot of stuff from Michigan, Wisconsin, and then a whole refrigerator of just local beers. We picked up a San Francisco-style lager brewed locally. It's German traditions, pre-prohibition style beer. And we're going to drink that and watch ourselves on Game of Thrones. And as I'm settling down, I hear a knock on the door, and I assume it's the landlord owner. It's the census guy. So I really don't have much information for him, but I noticed some massive spider web being formed. He tells me that they're starting to form their webs early this year because there's a bad winter coming. He says you can tell by the spiders and how they're going to be gathering up their food earlier to start bulking up for the winter. So I thought that was interesting. And I noticed there were some slugs outside, and I was barefoot. So bid him adieu, and I'm out here now. It's a little humid. It's, uh, it's 9 o'clock for me because we're from East Time. Everyone down here seems to have had a pretty cool eclipse. I think we can get some nice eclipse shirts on discount later in the week since they're probably just going to end up going to the Amazon anyway. You know, like when you have the Super Bowl shirts from the team that didn't win, they just go to a third world country where people wear them. A little Katie did out here. And remember back to the entomology podcast, you can tell the temperature based on their stridulations per minute. I'm not sure what tomorrow is. We're going to go look for some biscuits. The place we want to go, the guy at the rental car place said we didn't get there about an hour early. But he was pleased with most of the places we had picked. He gave us places not to go to, which thankfully were not on our list. He said one of them looks like the place you go to once you buy your first pair of cowboy boots and cowboy hat and want to look like you're straight in a honky-tonk. And that's the place to avoid. He said don't go to any chain barbecue restaurants. He said there's too many good places to eat here to go to crappy chains we've got a nissan frontier four-door pickup which is pretty sweet the wife is navigating sorry she's driving i'm navigator so i'm her wizzo and that's about it we're gonna go take advantage of having hbo here and knock out season seven of game of thrones and uh yeah we'll see how tomorrow goes valder margulis All right, so we're outside, and we see a unicorn inflatable on a car. We're like, we got to go into the store. What is this store we're in? Um, this is technically, it's a hula hoop supply company is where it started out um, and has evolved, evolved into a bit of a gift shop. When my oldest daughter came home from college, um, she went to art school, and the decision was either she could work for someone else or we could launch her brand. So we started self-producing her brand in shop. We have a workshop across the hall okay. that has all of our equipment. So, As I said, I've never seen someone make a hula hoop. How did that idea come about? You've got every color, shape. We do. Uh, not shape. They're all the same. I should well, say size. 
It, it kind of ties back to my oldest daughter, who seems to direct what happens um, in my life career-wise. I was hula-hooping and teaching classes, and she was my assistant in classes. She was really great. So when she went off to college, I had younger ones and couldn't be away as easily at night teaching classes. Um, decided I needed to kind of shift gears a bit, and I... At the time when you made a hula hoop, you had to purchase tape from one place, tubing from another place. All the bits and pieces were in various places. And my thought was, why not have a one-stop shop? And why not do it myself uh, since she was going and I could kind of move some things around. So I started off in my home, um, actually. We went from dining room to dining room, living room, to moving the kids out of their bedroom, <laughs> to storage units and back, um, and kind of grew from there. We started in the basement of this building. It's a storage facility. Went up to the next level, built more space, and then I asked the landlord if he would turn the upstairs floor into retail so I could open a shop. And he did. Um, and so this was, you're seeing it as it's kind of being restructured. This used to be filled with all the tubing. We've moved it down to the basement to make room for production. Um, but over the years, we've developed probably over 70 custom colors. Colors That's are what caught my eye. To us. Yeah. So um, what makes us really unique is we're the first company to custom design specific colors in hula hoop tubing. Um, we are the first company to do glow-in-the-dark tubing. We um, were able to obtain NASA-grade glow pigment and put it in hula hoops. That was a big deal. Um, we actually use that in our jump rope beads. Um, that ties in a little bit later. Um, we are the first people to do a tubing that changes color in the sunlight. So it's cream when it's inside, and it turns purple when it hits the sunlight. Did you go out during the eclipse yesterday and play with it? No, I didn't. I thought about taking a glow hoop, but I was so preoccupied with making it to my destination. I just kind of was super focused. i got to go back to what's a hula hoopy class? So um, there are lots of variations on hula hoop classes. In California, it's, it's very free-flow what you would think California classes to be like, um, which is kind of where the inspiration for hula hoop classes came from. They were kind of organizing this movement. In Nashville, the traditional woman is not going to take a class for longer than an hour. California, we're doing, you know, they're doing two-hour peace, love, hippie so classes, you know, yeah. And, um, Probably so, naked while they were doing it. With lots of metaphors for the sky and the water, Nashville just wasn't going to bite on it. So I structured a six-week fitness class around learning moves within the hula hoop that would end up ultimately being put together. You can make full workout routines. So we made it a very organized, structured program. Um, and then we created a movement to have women hula hoop the half marathon in town. So we, at one time, had 72 women with hula hoops hula hooping the half marathon. Yeah, it was quite a movement in Nashville. It was great. Um, it all kicked off because I saw a woman at a bar hula hooping, and I didn't know how, and I asked her to teach me, and I kind of cornered her and was like, you have to teach me how to do that. And so I kept going back to practice. I didn't know you could buy a hoop and hoop at home. <laughs> yeah. You got all of ours so, dumpster diving. Our yeah. neighbor put six of them on the curb. I'm sure, yeah. Well, they now people rattle. are getting rid of, like, better hoops than you know they're not all the toy store so do you have a record that you can do have you broken anything guinness wise have i broken any no but we did provide the hula hoops to marawa who broke the hula hoop record for the most hula hoops hula hooped um so we have a connection there 
um, by making all of her hoops and shipping them to her for her record. Awesome. We probably have the record for the most people hula hooping half marathon. I would I would claim that one. And I'm sorry, I'm so distracted yeah, by the iridescence back there as a fly tire. That yeah. is um, that is Valhalla for me. It's it's gorgeous. Um, and being across here overnight. the hall, I have rolls of 24 foot wide. And does tape. it shrink heat onto the hula hoop? Uh, no, you, it has no. It has it. There's an adhesive in back, so it it okay. sticks to the hoop as you wrap it around. Okay. Yeah. So we started off with some tapes, and because we designed custom colors in the tubing, it was just kind of a natural fit for us to start designing tape colors. So we we pushed into that venue. Um, I'm completely obsessed with color, sparkle, shine. Is there an organization like back there, like Iridescence, Roy G. Biv? There, um, we tend to we tend to gravitate towards a rainbow look. Um, it is sectioned by collection, for sure. So it's definitely divided up in that regard. This is very cool. Oh, we also developed the first tubing that has a texture on it. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot of stuff over the years. It's been really nice. Um, yeah. Fun. Do you have like a sticker that says Hula Hoop Nashville? No. We have a sticker that says I Heart Hula Hooping and I Am a Hoop Factory. <laughs> Where in Nashville are we exactly? We're in East Nashville. We're in like the really fun, hip, cool, creative part. It's the place where... Um, Art galleries could survive when no other business could because the community was so excited they were going to be there. I mean, it's the community that's helped me have hula hooping as a career for the past 10 years. I mean, who would have thought? Hula hoops. Yeah. It's a niche that no one else was... It, it was definitely a niche that no one else thought. Yeah. yeah. Strangest request you've had? Strangest request I've had? Um one of the craziest requests we had was Nordstrom contacted us for 5,000 hula hoops so that they could use Windows. them for their window display. My neighbor used to do those displays. Yeah, exactly that was going. intense. Um, we sent out, shipped out maybe 27 giant skids of hula hoops that we made, and we spent a few months, like the whole place was just basically a factory for creating, creating those. Could you make one that whistled while you spun? No, I can't stand noise like that. Okay. <laughs> I had one gal in class who, who made me put uh, something in her, I think it was little beans or rice, and the whole time she hooped, I just wanted to strangle her because I couldn't take the noise. No. <laughs> um, we did have a professional jump roper contact us to produce beads for him because he loved our tubing, and he found the beads on the market to be very soft. He was on America's Got Talent. He's very well-established, so we produced beads for him. Um, and in our style, we went and made them in all the bright, colorful colors. He wanted some pretty basic colors because that's kind of what his market is. So we now have glow-in-the-dark jump rope beads. And very cool. We're ever-moving, changing, restructuring, yeah. growing, following the creative lure. I'm so glad we stumbled upon this. Yeah. Do you ever get tired of eating colashes across the way? Kolaches. Kolaches. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. No, I have to kind of curtail myself because it's an easy thing to go grab. The dough is really good. hoop on your good. way there and burn I the calories. Know, right? I should. I'd probably run into a few people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. What's your website, social media? Yeah, so... Um, we have a few different websites. We're moving everything to harlanruby.com, H-A-R-L-A-N-R-U-B-Y.com. I see the big sign over there. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. 
Fantastic. That's kind of the, the mother house for everything that we do. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. This, You're store, welcome. this is like a, a paradise for some strange people like me. Oh, we get that a lot. We yeah. get a, we definitely get that a lot. It's we. That's one of the joys of having the space is so that people can walk in and have that visceral reaction to you know something that's calling them like a beacon. Absolutely, fun. All right, thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good afternoon. It is 2.30. I'm now in the creepy old basement with a collection of soda, beer, and liquor bottles dating back a long time. I dare you to drink that one bottle that's still full of brown liquid. Let me recap the day. We're home digesting, cooling off, getting a little air conditioning. We started the morning off by sleeping in. It was a little hot last night. I got to admit that I didn't sleep well. It was too hot in here. But we woke up, slept in a little bit, headed over to Yeast Nashville. That's with a Y. The wife did a two-mile run this morning, and she found the breakfast joint, so that's where we went. Their specialty are kolaches, if I'm saying that correctly, for the woman from the hula hoop shop. I had sausage and cheese, and it was this sweet, flaky, lightly crusted, I don't know what you call it. I guess it's a kolache. And then it was stuffed inside with cheese and sausage. Had that. Had some ice water. And as we were leaving, we noticed that uh, the women from next door had put a giant inflatable unicorn raft on their car. I was like, let's go see what these women are about. And we go, and, and the first thing that catches my eye are all the types of mylars in the back. And I'm just thinking, oh, fly tying materials. And it would be the greatest flashbacks on bugs you can imagine. It would make some of the greatest terrestrials you can imagine. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the, the amount of patterns, colors, iridescence in there was mind-boggling. I got to learn all about hula hoops. So did you. From there, we got in the car and drove over to the Dinosaur Dragon Park, which are these like dragons and dinosaurs made of mosaic tiles. You can climb on them. And we passed Hattie Bees and Fly South. Fly South's a pretty good place to be. They're right next to a Chewy's. I know there's plenty of non-chain restaurants, but Chewy's is pretty solid for their Chewy Changa. They got to take the cilantro out of the jalapeno ranch sauce, and I'd be a-okay with it. We get there. The park's closed. It's under construction, so we hang out for about 40 minutes and play on the playground there, look for bugs. The whole playground's covered in ladybugs and ladybug larvae, a couple of plant bugs, some cicada skins. From there, we roll over to... It's either the Parthenon or the Acropolis. It's a recreation on the Vanderbilt campus of the building it's pretty cool 
lot of people there, very hot, not a lot of wind. We walk around sweating profusely. There's a little pond, so I decided to walk down because I'm going to go see if there are dragonflies in there. And lo and behold, as I get about 50 feet away, the sky is full of them. It's just one of those places, a shallow pond that will have dragonflies. I've seen them before, and this place, they were swarming with them. It looked like the aliens coming out of the spaceship in Independence Day. And now it's almost lunchtime, so we decide we're going to go to fly south and then try and eat at Hattie B's. But first, I got to stop at McDonald's just to get some ice water and a Coke rehydrate because it was so hot out. I already finished my thermos of ice water. Ice melted pretty quickly, even for an insulated bottle. So we go to fly south, and we notice that Hattie B's has a two-block-long wait line. I don't know if it's worth it. So the wife drops me off in front of fly south. She gets a better parking spot. I go in and walk around. Stunning fly shop. It's clean. Everything is organized. It's merchandised well. There's hats. There's winter gear. There's long sleeve shirts. There's all sorts of different brands. Amazing reels. The display. They've got all the rods. They've got the two-handed rods. Huge selection of flies. And each fly on the hook has a little hole punch of maybe one millimeter foam, it looked like, or a piece of paper, color-coordinated by the price. They have all the trout stuff, they got the bass stuff, they got saltwater stuff. Then they have flies in mason jars lining the shelves. And in the back room is the tying department. If you need to get some really nice ostrich plumes for your Snow White damsels, give Fly South a call. I'm not sure what their policy is on shipping materials, but they've got a nice selection. Very nice selection of tying materials, hooks and beads, and fortunately nothing there that I needed. Uh, there's stuff I wanted, but... I probably should not be stu- buying stuff I want. I should buy stuff when I need. A whole bunch of magazines. They've got the new Dunn magazine in print. They've got uh, a whole separate room just for waiters and waiting gear. And then a back room. This was the kicker for me. It's a movie theater. It's got like two to three rows of old-fashioned movie seats, a big TV, that's where they keep their fly fishing books and DVDs for sale. I'm guessing they just do classrooms and movie viewings back there, like classroom fly talks, guest speakers. It was very cool. And the waiter room, again, was it looked like old stadium seats where you would sit down and try your waiters on. Hopefully, we're going to go back there and get a podcast before we leave. And the guys there said, don't go to Hattie B's. The line's not worth it. They told us to go to Mitchell's. So we pack up, we head over to Mitchell's Deli back on this side of town, across the Cumberland River. And we drove through Broadway, which is where all the bars and stuff are. They've got lining the sidewalks, uh, bike barriers. So I guess drunks don't fall in the street at night. You can only imagine what that place looks like at night. I guess those are called honky-tonks. I don't know. But every one of them probably has got a different band playing at night. Imagine it's loud and full of a lot of inebriated people. Head over to Mitchell's. And the cool thing about this side of town is mixed in the residential areas, you've got a brewery or a cafe or a pastry shop or those little beer selection stores just zoned right in the intersection. 
in these small little one-way streets. You can walk out of your house and find really cool, neat little boutiques and food places. It's fabulous. We get to Mitchell's. There's a huge line. As we're getting closer, I noticed they've got an entire fridge dedicated to just kombucha, but the wife wanted local kombucha. So we didn't get any from there. I ordered the turkey avocado, no sprouts, with cheese, tomatoes, bacon on freshly made, locally sourced bakery bread. Filled up my ice water and we got bacon potato salad. The wife got a brisket sandwich with melted Swiss, pickles, a little bit of nasty cilantro in there. And there were really no tables. This place was crowded. I don't know how the locals do it. It seems every awesome place to eat has been discovered and there are lines out the door. It sucks that these people have to stand in line if they want to eat. We sat down at a large table with two local women. One said she's the only person you're going to find out here with the hillbilly accent because she's actual from here. And there were two lovely women having sandwiches. We just talked about local food and culture. The wife and I split the sandwiches. I was about to bite into hers. And then I noticed the devil weed sticking out. So I had to open it up and carefully use precision-like surgical skills. You know, like you do use a tie, a itty-bitty fly, to pick off every speck of cilantro. She's like, what does it taste like to you? And I said, it tastes like stink bugs. And I didn't want to tell her it smells and tastes what I imagine dog anal glands mixed with stink bug juice to taste like, but that's what I imagined it. So we scarfed it all down. The pixie had a everything bagel with cream cheese from the bakery. The wife had these ciabatta roll on her sandwich. Just the textures, the flavors, the fat of the brisket, the smokiness, the pickles. When you walked into the restaurant, all you smelled were pickles. And it was awesome. I want to go back there again. It's Glenn's Garden Market in D.C. is about the only place I could compare. We packed up, decided to head back here. We took the little back roads that Google had us go on. We found a bunch of other places that are on the Weiss list. And we've been listening to records upstairs. There is a record player. I don't know if it's broken or the records are warped. We listened to Ray LaMontagne Trouble, and then we put on the West Side Story. A lot of Frank Sinatra, a lot of Johnny Mathis, a couple other old things in there. There's Sonny and Cher. The one record I despise is Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. I, I loathe that album. If I have to hear that album one more time, I'm going to stick a bodkin through my eardrums. It is the worst. I had to grow up with that crap. Yeah, staying alive is horrendous. I'd rather stick my head in boiling tar than have to listen to that again. I think we're just going to chill here. We're going to go out later for a happy hour local beer and tacos. Not sure what the plan is for tomorrow. Hopefully get to fly south and get a dedicated podcast for a special episode with them or just like a five-minute elevator speech of what they are. We're going to try and find some more lunch places that don't have long lines. That's about it. We're enjoying our, our little Airbnb here. I'm down here in the basement. There's darts. There's a pool table, old leather sofas, old screen, old school widescreen TV with some kind of video game system. I'm not a gamer, so I don't know what it is. That's about it. The Pixies playing Shopkins. We're just having our little siesta. It's been a fun, fun day. Everyone here is super nice. Traffic's not too bad. The storms have held off. Looking forward to a couple more days of, of Nashville.
I'm on top of a bridge overlooking the river. It's a pedestrian bridge. A huge barge just went by. I am on my way up to Broadway. The wife doesn't really want to check it out, so I'm going to go up there, and then the wife and the pixie will meet us. I should say me and you up there in a little bit. So let's catch you up with last night. It's now 10 a.m. on Wednesday. It's bluebird sky. It's a little hot. Cooled down a bit. We went to a nature preserve yesterday, walked around the Cumberland River. There were some deer, a lot of wildflowers, and in the wildflowers we found all sorts of critters. They were plant bugs and hummingbirds, a lot of woolly aphids, the sound of crickets and grasshoppers everywhere. But while I was looking around, I found a green tree frog just chilling on a leaf. That was pretty cool. Never seen a green tree frog like that before. Took a bunch of pictures and then we went up to the nature center where they had sturgeon in an aquarium. It's been a long time since I've seen live sturgeon. It's one of those opportunities you don't get to do very often. And unfortunately, it's one you only get to do when you're in a place like that. We walked around to the secret pond, which was a little dried up. The brush down there was incredibly thick. You could see a couple of game trails through the woods, but other than that, maybe a foot or two of visibility into the woods. It's extremely dense, small branches and small leaves. Almost like a tropical dry forest. All right, I'm on the other side of the river now, going downhill. And from there, we went back, showered, cleaned up, and went over to a beer hall that just opened. And a crazy amount of local beers and national beers on tap. Included Tito's vodka cocktails on tap and they also had sangria on tap so i started off with the lagunitas and these were two dollar pints you really can't go wrong with that so two dollar pint of lagunitas a uh, little something something one of my favorite beers and then i had a local yeehaw something ale it's pretty good and we split some wings that were smoked and fried we didn't have them tossed in any sauce because the pixie doesn't do the spicy food so we got a side of blue cheese and a side of sweet chili sauce the wife had some kind of unfiltered orange ale it was incredible bearded lily and I want to go back there and get one of those tonight. From there, we went to Mas Tacos, and a pretty hellacious storm was rolling in. So while we were in there, it got very dark. And the first thing you smell when you walk into that place was just this sweet grilled corn smell. The corn tortillas cooking, and then they had the corn that you roast and cover in mayonnaise and cheese and squeeze lime onto. I ended up getting some kind of hot beef with onions and slaw and corn tortillas with hot sauce and also a side of black beans with grilled onions and roasted plantains which was better than the tacos by far that was incredibly amazing 
very tiny place, cash only, super authentic. The margaritas looked awesome. Like they were making them in the other side. It was basically someone's house. If you imagine gross point blank, how the dude's house turned into a quickie mart, that's what all these places are. You're just walking to a neighborhood and then there's a little restaurant. Stunning. And then the storm rolled in and we had to go to Harris Teeter because the kid wouldn't eat anything in there. So we decided to get some Easy Mac. While I am in Kroger, the skies darkened. It looks like the eclipse was back. And then the skies opened up to a monsoon of heavy rain. The wife pulled the truck up to the front and I jumped in. And we could barely see. It was about seven or eight blocks to our Airbnb. And it was absolutely nearly zero visibility. We ran in and the house was shaking. The floors were shaking. It was, it was very powerful. And we watched Game of Thrones after the kid went to bed and got up this morning and went over to Suite 16, which is again, just another little neighborhood joint. It was a bakery two blocks away. And I think it was just built in someone's old house. It was run by one woman up front. Everything looked homemade, scratch, high quality ingredients. Little kids were in there in their school uniforms, buying lunch with their or breakfast with their parents. Some kids were just in there alone, buying breakfast on their way to school. Everyone was jovial, happy. There were a lot of thank yous, good mornings, good to see you. How are you doing? That sounds like the beginning of uh, Waitress the Musical. And I got myself a biscuit with this egg souffle with like peppers and cheese in it that was texturally the softest biscuit I've ever eaten. The eggs were fluffy, creamy. Nothing inside was chewy. Every bite was a little bit different, but the texture and the chewiness of that soft biscuit were absolutely criminal. Because it's two blocks away, I'm sure we're going to go back. They also had lemon artichoke soup for lunch. Never had lemon artichoke soup, so it's something I'm going to look up and make when we get home. And we're off to the Science Museum now. I think we're going to hit up Butcher and Bee, the same one we hit up in Charleston years ago. And not sure what dinner's going to be. If we don't go to Butcher and Bee, we're going to hit up those meat in three places where you get, it's like roast beef and three sides, cafeteria style. That sounds pretty awesome to me. We'll just see where the day goes. It's, it's lovely out here. That thunderstorm cleared out the air, dropped the temperature. I'm going to go walk up this street. Let's see what it looks like. Driving through, it was pretty pretty touristy looking yesterday. Got Hard Rock Cafe, Cotton Eye Joad, Margaritaville. It's a lot of chains. Cowboy boot stores. Bootleggers in. A little bit of construction going on. But if I want to get a pair of cowboy boots to wear with a suit back home, it's probably going to be the town or the street to find them on. Real nice Ariat's. Yeah, let me go check out this store. I'll catch up with y'all later. So this place, <clears throat> so this place is basically Times Square of Nashville. Just knickknack shops, people trying to get you to go on bus tours, tchotchkes. Nothing really unique about it. I'm guessing this is not a real locals place down here. There's a lot of stages set up, but 
Yeah, this is just does not look like a place that if you live here, you're really hanging out at. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what it's like at nighttime, but it's all tchotchkes. I'm going to go across the street. There's a big bust of Elvis over there. I'm going to go in at my last knickknack shop on the side of the road where uh, family's going to pick me up. Getting hungry, though, walking around all here. Uh, there's some terrible beeping going on. What are you doing right now? I'm busking on Broadway. And what's your name? Donnie Clark. And what songs are you playing out today? Uh, a lot of my own and a lot of old standard country. What play. kind of guitar? This is a handmade Liberty guitar from a guy named Bill Blue in New Smyrna Beach. It's the first model of its kind. It's an FB0001. So it's the first one he ever made. Fantastic. How long have you been playing music? I started when I was 16 and I'm 63 now. All right write songs too. Fantastic. Go ahead and play us something. The Lord is my shepherd and he will lead me home away from this darkness where I've been I'll soon be free Just one more mountain left for me To climb until I see There's a road that leads to heaven Like a spiral through the sky And the signs along that highway They all clearly say as why Christ comes in a flash to wash the blood away. And there's a road that leads to heaven like a spiral through the sky. And the signs along that highway, they all clearly say, ask why. And the day Christ comes on a cloud all dressed in white. Christ comes on a cloud all dressed in white. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Lord wrote that song. I held the pen to a blank piece of paper in 1982. All right. Take care. Thanks for Now we're recording that, and it's going to be out pretty soon. Fantastic. All right, it's uh, 9.38 p.m. Just finished up binge-watching a little Veep with the wife, one of her favorite shows. It's, it's rather hilarious. Let's go over what went on today. So we, I, I was picked up on Broadway, and we drove down to the Gulch, and we found a nice park with some playgrounds. So the Pixie got to play for about an hour, 
and the wife was hanging out with a, a mom whose husband is a chef locally in town, and she's a singer-songwriter. And they both moved here from Colorado to work on their careers. I thought it was a pretty cool story. She didn't want to tell it. So we don't have her interesting story. Could have got some local perspective from her. After hanging out in the park, we decided to go get some food and we ended up at Edley's Barbecue. We're going to put Edley's on the map of top sandwiches in the world. That's right. So we have, if we, I can't even recap them. We've got, uh, sorry. I got kicked out of bed for snoring last night. I also got a bad case of the Nashville Vapors. So I slept on the couch. Didn't sleep well. It's a small couch. And it's late, so I'm tired. Um, So Eggly's. And we can go over the sandwich list another time. But Edley's. So we, we split lunch. We decided instead of each getting a sandwich, let's just split one. And we got a basket of fries for the pixie because she just doesn't eat food. It's it's disturbing. So we had this sandwich. I have to find a picture of it on my list to tell you what it was. All right, folks, this is the sandwich I ate. Hold on, I got to scroll through my pictures. We had the Tuck Special until sold out. Smoked brisket. House-made spicy pimento cheese, over-easy egg, red, and white sauce, pickles. And that was it. You put that on a sandwich, and you're pretty much creating one of the softest sandwiches. There was no crunch. There wasn't a lot of chew, but it was heat and fat and sauce and the thickness of that egg running down the side that just made it one of the filthiest sandwiches you could ever eat throw on a side of beans and some creamy grits with cheese and a whole lot of ice water and it was it was fantastic and the people inside were super nice and while I was inside I had to go refill my aluminum water bottle and the woman next to me said, you were looking for tables outside. I thought you were crazy. And I was like, well, most people do. She's like, no, I didn't realize you had a little kid with you. I heard you discussing which tables to pick based on on uh, people watching and shade. And then I finally saw that you had a kid with you. And she thought that was hilarious, that she thought I was talking to myself about the choices for the best table in the back. And she said, while we're in town, because told her we're out of towners she said you got to go to you got to go to the ice pop restaurant joint down the street i was like ice pops and she's like yeah las paletas in nashville and and all of a sudden it went through my head i know of a mexican ice pop restaurant in nashville i saw it on a travel show about 15 to 16 years ago And then I remember Bobby Flay did a competition there, beat Bobby Flay. And sure enough, I looked it up, and that was the joint about three blocks away. So after we finished up, we decided we had a walk-off lunch. 
and we walked down, did a little, you know, window shopping. We went in the mercantile, which had all sorts of cool candles and bar accoutrements, and they had some cool. They had a really neat brook trout decanter and rocks glass set, and they had pocket knives and harmonicas, just a bunch of really cool, neat stuff. And then we were going to cross the street, and we saw this woman hanging out by a rack of clothes. And there were some blonde chicks with very well-done hair, like straight out of a very expensive salon. And I said, y'all either got a very strange pop-up yard sale going on in this park, or it was a fashion shoot. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're doing a our fall blog of clothing line photo shoot for pinksomething.com. I don't know if that's some local store. I don't know. So we crossed the street and we went into the shop and, and the flavors were you know, fruit, mango, blueberry, lime, strawberry, strawberry, pineapple, banana, honeydew, strawberry, lemon, pineapple with chili, pineapple, blackberry, cantaloupe, pineapple, raspberry. And they had the cream ones, butter, pecan, pistachio, pecan, butter, chocolate, banana, mixed berries, chai, blueberry, chocolate chip, hot chocolate with chilies. Mango cream, coconut, avocado, and Mexican caramel. So these are the Mexican-style ice pops. And I went with the honeydew, and it was absolutely amazing. It was worth 3 bucks for a small, itty-bitty ice pop. And they're all lined up in these little refrigerator freezers. And that's it. It's basically just a huge open space with two freezers and an iPad cast register and a chalkboard behind them. And I'm sure they do quite well. They beat Bobby Flay with the spicy chocolate one. And I was glad I finally got to a place that I remember seeing on TV a long time ago. So we sat out front, ate those, walked up the street a little bit more. Pixie starting to complain. She's still not the, the traveler that we'd hoped she'd be at this age. And from there, we rolled back here. Oh, oh my God, I could edit out all these yawns. And chilled for a bit. I took a shower, put on uh, All Things Considered, took a nap, and then we got up. And while I was sleeping, and the Pixie's watching who knows what kind of stupid stuff on her Kindle, people just playing with stupid toys and talking in high pitched voices. The wife went over to High Garden. Now, that's not the kingdom from Game of Thrones. It's like this kind of organic health food nature store. She did a flight of kombucha and did some shots of energy drinks. And I didn't want to start the whole cellular respiration where a glass of orange juice is going to give you more energy than what they're selling you there for the price. But don't need to go into the ATP discussion and the Krebs cycle. That's another it literally is another podcast. I've done it already. So from there, we so from here we went over about three blocks away, and continually amazing me that you've got these little cottage style houses, and then it goes house, 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 restaurant, and then house, 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 house. These little restaurants are just embedded in these little neighborhoods of gridded, narrow streets. And it was um, the Lockwood Place. And we basically just did the happy hour food. We did Korean tacos with 
pickled red onions and cucumbers on them. We did deviled eggs with radishes and microgreens. And then a local whipped goat cheese with dark honey and roasted almonds with toasted baguette and flatbread. And then we got a pizza for the kids. The kids next to us were well-behaved. The restaurant had a basket of sidewalk chalk ready for kids to play with. Super kid. Every place here is kid-friendly. And the waitresses all knew these kids by names. One of them was Birdie. The other one was uh, a really cool name. Laxley, maybe? And everyone just knew each other. Again, just little kids in all these little restaurants, hanging out. The wait staff was awesome, super friendly, had good choices. I had uh, one happy hour cocktail. It was vodka with some lavender oil, simple syrup, bitters, lemon, something else. The wife had a old-fashioned, and she said all the sweet was on the bottom. I took a sip of hers. It was pretty darn strong. And, of course, the pixie's just complaining. She's tired. It's not her element here. And she wanted to go back here. It was around 5 o'clock, and we watched Charlotte's Web from 2006. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. And then I decided I was still hungry because I had basically like a slice of pizza hard-boiled egg and some crackers with cheese to break it down so while they're watching the movie i decided i was going to go over to bolton spicy chicken and the spice levels there go from non-spicy light mild mild medium hot extra hot extra spicy notice the spice is a dry rub please wash your hands before rubbing your eyes or babies no refunds returns or exchanges choose your spice level at your own risk I was going to go with mild. Anthony Bourdain went there and he got the medium and he complained about his burning anus for 12 hours afterwards. And I was going to get mild. And the guy who walks up behind me right before I'm going to order and he says his friends were there the other day and they got medium. And I wasn't sure if he said, quote, they S their pants five times that day. It was whatever it was, it was a horrendous story about the after effects, the the second tasting, if you will, the you get to enjoy it twice, like peanuts or corn. That scared me from getting mild. So I decided to get light mild. I got a side of green beans, a side of mac and cheese to go. And place is pretty non it's not fancy at all. The letters and words were missing from the sign, they were different size, different color letters on the ordering sign. Out front, you just got a big old smoker spitting smoke out. And I brought that back here and went to town on it. It was, you know, maybe mild would be good, but I don't want to take that risk and ruin tomorrow. Having to find a bathroom and having to, like, butt chug a bottle of Mylanta. The greens were awesome, green beans. The mac and cheese was super peppery. There was ranch dressing with it, two slices of bread, and pickle chips. And the one thing I've noticed down here is it's a lot of takeout, carryout, and disposable. A lot of waste. If we were traveling with fork, knives, like camping stuff, I'd be much happier. 
Most of the places we've been to, if they serve you in a restaurant, it's either on some kind of artisanal plate or on a dissecting pan slash a surgery pan that you'd have all your surgical tools laid out on or put your kidney on when you take it out of someone's body. In a movie, it's the one that they drop the bullet on after they pull it out with a pair of clamps. It's a lot of disposable packs of ranch dressing or blue cheese. It's a lot of prepackaged plastic forks and knives. It's styrofoam, plastic cups, plastic straws. And that brings me back to the Reese Witherspoon boutique we went to today. I don't remember the name, but it was all blue and white inside. And I walked in and the woman offered me a sweet tea. And I see she's got a whole thing of blue and white paper straws. And I'm like, finally, someone's going to give me some non-single stream, single use, straight to the landfill made from oil stuff. And she pours me the sweet tea in a plastic cup and then puts the straw and the straw is there to match the store. And I took a sip of the sweet tea and this woman who's also having one looked at me and she goes, yeah, it's basically hummingbird food, right? And I was like, this is the sweetest damn tea I've ever had. And as I'm walking around the store, I'm looking around, talking to the employees. I noticed one of the female mannequin zippers down. And of course, I got my hand on iced tea so I ask her to hold the denim skirt bottom and I pull up the zipper. And when you work retail enough in your past, you start noticing things like that. I still go into stores and fix things on hangers and organize them. Uh, you know, we were in that mercantile. I was lining the books up properly. And it just forced a habit after working in retail since after college. The kid went to bed and then I said, we, uh, we watched the movie. The, we watched The Veep. And then I, I want to go back to Anthony Bourdain. Here's my issue with him. The guy complains about hipsters all the time, but he comes here. He's going to hang out with these obscure chefs with all their quirky food tattoos on their arms while drinking cheap canned beer or cocktails out of mason jars with their fancy mustaches, their flat-billed hats, their exotic, awkward glasses that they bought probably at a thrift store and then had new lenses put in with their boutique facial hair. And the whole time he's complaining about hipsters. And then he goes to a party at a musician's house that's from some obscure punk band where they're giving out free tattoos in the house. I used to give Anthony Bourdain respect, but when I watched the Nashville episode to prepare myself for here... It was five minutes of food and the rest of him complaining about hipsters while hanging out with hipsters. And I want to just go on record and say, Anthony Bourdain, dude, you're a hipster. I, I like I I once asked him on a Washington Post live online for his cure for hangovers, Kung Pao chicken, a can of Coke, a joint, and some Dwayne Reed antacid medicine. And I thought that was the coolest thing he ever responded to me now. But dude, you're you've gone downhill. I just don't dig what he does anymore. It's not about the food anymore. It's about making fun of what he thinks is not cool. But he's just a giant oxymoron. And with that, I'm going to go to bed. It's quiet out here. It's really cooled down from yesterday after that storm blew through. I'm hoping I can sleep in the bedroom tonight. But after eating all that hot chicken, I might get the, the Bolton's Vapors. And I'm probably going to snore again. And I'm just, I need to get back to my regular diet back home, my bed with the ceiling fan above it. I miss Dr. Jones. 
but I've been booking clients for last weekend of summer before school starts, so that's pretty sweet. Missed out on doing a podcast with Jen Ripple tonight. I guess my reply to her email got lost or didn't make it, so I missed her. We just missed path tonight, but I'm going to head to Fly South first thing in the morning after breakfast. We're going to do a podcast there. Again, it's going to be a five-minute or an hour-long one. I don't know. And then we're going to go off to find some more exotic foods, go back to the nature preserve, and just enjoy our last full day here. We were discussing that the cuisine here might rival that of Charleston. Charleston's got the seafood thing going, but I'm not a seafood guy. Just a lot of very cool non-chain restaurants here with a lot of locals hanging out in different neighborhoods. And the thing about chain restaurants, haven't seen a whole lot here. Haven't seen a Best Buy, a Target. I have not seen the huge big box stores. Maybe if I get out further from town, but it's very cool that it's mostly local stuff around here and we really appreciate that. So Nashville folks, you definitely have a very cool thing going here. All right, today's the last full day of the trip to Nashville. It is August 24th, 2017. Tomorrow's a travel day. We lose an hour, and we got to get home in time for the Rutherford Area Swim Club annual end of summer luau. School starts on Monday, and I've got clients Saturday morning, and I've got clients on Sunday morning. And hopefully Dr. Jones will be waiting for us when we get home tomorrow. Today was was fun. Uh, I'm pretty beat. I didn't sleep last well. Last, did not sleep well last night. I had, of course, the Nashville vapors, which meant I was on Sofa City, and the comforter I brought was too warm, so I was way hot last night. I had I had the spicy food dreams. You can't call those the Bill Cosby spicy food dreams anymore, because that has a completely different connotation these days. If you haven't seen the Bill Cosby episode, he eats a spicy sandwich and has a dream with the Muppets in it. Throw back to the uh, late 80s there. So we woke up way too early. My watch somehow got set an hour forward. So when I woke up, I thought it was 7 a.m. It was really 6 a.m. And I was exhausted. I definitely needed some caffeine in me. I'm not a morning caffeine guy. So I woke up, took some of the Pixies pizza from the Lockwood restaurant last night, heated that up in the skillet, and then we went over to the Portland Brew Company up the street. And again, I can't overemphasize how much I love these little neighborhood shops just in the middle of neighborhoods. I ordered what I thought was just a coffee, but the wife ordered me a, a drip coffee. And I put a little bit of cane sugar and some half and half in there, swirled those around and filled up the coffee. And we ordered a, a bagel for the everyth- everything bagel for the pixie. It was strange. It had caraway on it. And I haven't had that much caraway since doing shots of Aquavit up at Somerset last year. Not last year, this year. From there, it was time to drive into downtown and go visit Jim at Fly South. And that'll be coming up uh, if this podcast mm, might actually be the next podcast after this one. So Jim and I sat down in the movie room of the shop and had an awesome hour-long conversation. 
From there, I was picked up, and we drove out to the Loveless Cafe. It's about a 20-minute drive. The guys in the shop told me, careful, it's all-you-can-eat biscuits. And we get there, and the place is enormous. It's got stores. It's got restaurants. It's got meeting rooms, a barn, and maybe some motel rooms, and busy. It's supposed to be about a 40-minute wait. It only turned out to be 20. We get in there, and, and every celebrity that's been through there is photo signed on the wall. You've got everybody from Punky Brewster to you know Dolly Parton. And unfortunately, you could definitely draw a resemblance to them. Uh, I don't think we should, but I don't even know why I went there. But yeah. Anyway, we sit down and I order country fried steak with a side of mashed potatoes and a side of hash brown casserole. The waiter suggests I get a side of brown gravy to go with the mashed potatoes while I've got my white gravy for the country fried steak. And then they come out with the biscuits. And we talk to the guy who's in charge of roasting the pigs. He gets there at 2 in the morning. This is while we were waiting in line. So at 2 in the morning, he gets there and puts the ribs on, slow cooks them all day. They have a special house outside where all of it is done. He's the guy that came up with the watermelon ribs, which are ribs cooked with chunks of watermelon in them. He said those are wet ribs as opposed to dry ribs. He said, people have a preference. And I said, it doesn't matter unless you got enough napkins. That's the difference between having fun eating wet ribs and eating dry ribs. Not that I'm a rib expert by any means. The food finally came. First, we had our biscuits, and these were a little shorter. They weren't as tall. They weren't flaky biscuits. They were, you know, I'm going to say I was not a fan of them. They were chewier on top. They were warm in the middle. I was expecting a little bit more. These weren't the hexagonal shaped ones. These were just made in a pan and sliced up like brownies. They were a little more dense than I was expecting. Maybe we just got a bad batch. I was not that impressed with the biscuits. It came with blackberry jam, strawberry jam, peach jam. I don't like seeds in my jam, which I quickly found out was in the blackberry jam, so I switched over to peach, which was fantastic. And we were warned by the pitmaster dude, do not go eat five biscuits before your food comes because there's a lot of food coming. Food showed up. Pixie had a slice of country sausage and two pancakes she ate the sausage and looked at the pancakes the wife ordered meatloaf with a side of maybe butter beans something else my food shows up and it's enormous you would think this was a steak off of a triceratops it was so big and i dug into it the texture was amazing crispy crunchy outside you know nice and soft center but it just wasn't seasoned enough I put red hot pepper sauce on it. I put hot pepper vinegar. I added extra pepper to it. Just was not seasoned as I was expecting it to be. And that goes for the white gravy too. It was rather bland. It was more floury than peppery sausagey. The mashed potatoes, on the other hand, were out of this world with that brown gravy. And I'm not complaining that I had brown gravy burps all day long. If I get a chance tomorrow night for the pool, Lua, I'm going to make some loco moco with some brown gravy. Brown gravy should go on everything. Hash brown casserole, fantastic. Chewy, cheesy, salty. 
Should have ordered a sweet tea or regular tea, but I washed it down with regular ice water. Got a sneeze coming. There's something I'm allergic to in this town. I don't know what it is. I will tell you one thing about this town is people are very into being, is it a Tennessean? There's a lot of Tennessee flags. The stores have a lot of Tennessee things that they're going to rep where they're from. Everything is really local. And there's a lot of pride in being from Tennessee. They don't have license plates on the front of the cars. Now, Sam Looper, you might want to go ahead and correct me in all this, but I don't know. They, they don't have it, but they, everyone has like the Tennessee flag as the front plate on their cars. There's a lot of pride in this town about where they're from. And after we left the Loveless, I had a massive food baby. I still kind of do. It looks like I'm having twins. Whew, it's going to be a kicker. And we went to go buy some stuff to decorate the house. So we went to a little stretch of road that had a bunch of little artisanal lofts in them. The first one was candles and cocktail decor. Then we went into one that was ladies' clothes. And I was like, I don't need to look at ladies' clothes. But I did know there was a shop right around there. Not just any shop. This was a fly shop. And specifically, it was Jones Fly Company, 301 10th Street. Now, I give everybody fair game in fly shops. I'm not saying I'm cheating on Jim after spending an hour with him, but I wanted to check it out. And I walk in there. It's a small studio. There's one dude tying flies, and there's very few things on the wall. There's just the necessities. They've got tippets, some tools, some Smith fly gear. They've got some hairline dubbing, some bucktails, and that's about it. And then in the middle, there's a massive fly bin table. And I started looking at these flies. I'm like, I, I don't recognize really anything out here. And as I walk around the table, I see a bunch of Sam Looper's spineless minnows. I pick one up and I was like, did Sam Looper tie these? And the guy says, those are the only flies in the shop we don't tie ourselves. And I'll, I was blown away. Everything in there is tied. He was tying flies to restock the bins. All local. Crazy crayfish, crazy baitfish patterns, huge musky flies that were... If I put on my fingertips, past my elbow, maybe up my forearm, really big, bushy deer hair heads on them, colorful... Just crazy stuff. They make their own shanks in there for the big musky flies. They have one of those shank bending machines. You remember we talked to Brad Bowen about those. And the wife wasn't texting me that we needed to go to the next wherever neighborhood. So I hung out and talked to uh, talked to them in there. Let's give a shout out to... Uh, you have to forgive me for this one. You know what? I can't pull up his name. Uh, his card's somewhere else. Um... But it's something like Gink 2.0 or something. I'll get you his his Instagram. And the fly shop is also on social media. So we hung out and talked. And then I started seeing, man, these are flies I've never seen before. And I point to one. It's like this naked little woolly bugger with really fine hackle and no body to it. And i got to pull up the name for it. It's like the stick bugger. Bear with me. Yep, stick bugger. And they just blew my mind. He said that 
My fish don't really go for, the tailwater fish don't go for these massive, thick, buggy, chenilled, estaz bodies. They go for these little itty-bitty things, and they're beautifully tied. They're very well balanced. The space between the wrapping was tight, clean. You could use a micrometer. Every wrap was the same distance apart. And you're going to hear something you rarely ever hear me say. I bought a bunch of flies from the shop. I couldn't tell you the last time I bought a fly from a fly shop. It's been... Okay, so I bought a couple of intruders last year. But these are... I was mesmerized. We're going to tie these at Beer Tie coming up in September. So I bought those. I bought a little itty-bitty type tequila fly. And we talked, exchanged social media stuff. There's a flyer for uh, an event coming up. It is the Unzip Flies, Looper Flies, Flyman Fish Company, and Casters Fly Shop with Deer Creek and Mayday Brewing. Look at streamersbygunner.com or looper-flies. And you can find out about this event. It's August 31. Well, it's too late now. That's next week. And it's going to be in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Sounds like a cool event. I'll be back home. So we walked around, went to another little shop, and this guy had the most beautiful puppy husky you've ever seen. And her name was Iris. And you can tell this dog's going to be big when she's older. And she, I kneeled down to pet her, and she just curled up between my legs and, like, arms and just didn't want to go. And Dr. Jones is a jerk, man. He, he would have never do that. Maybe if you're eating bacon or steak... He'd come up to you like that, but this dog just had affection that I do not get from my little dude at home. All right, we got a helo coming over. She might get some background noise. By the way, so I'm outside. It's maybe one cloud in the sky, a couple stars. I'm wearing long pants and a long sleeve shirt. Since that storm blew over the other night, it has been absolutely stunning out here. I wore a long sleeve shirt all day. From there... We left and went to another store across the street. And the wife had been looking for an East Nashville sticker to represent. She really digs this neighborhood. And we found one there. So we got that and decided we were going to come back. And uh, one of the cool things that Jones Fly Shop had is an old vending machine with flies in little like plastic bubbles where you would get like a temporary tattoo or you know, a little army dude with a parachute. And you just put in 50 cents or 25 cents and turn it and you get a random fly. He said they're just ones that don't really sell and it's a fun way to get rid of them. I, I thought that was that was fun. Very cool little shop and I'm glad I got to go in there and hang out right down the street from here. And then we went back to the nature preserve and that was awesome as well. There was a, I don't know if you call it a hatch of membracids, but there are plant bugs everywhere out there. Spider webs are full of them. The cars are covered with them. Dragonflies everywhere. We're just chowing down on them. So we get into the Shelby Bottoms Nature Center. And, of course, the pixie wants to go down the slide. They've got this boardwalk that goes up to the Nature Center. It's the place with the sturgeons I mentioned the other day. And they have a slide. It's just a slide into nature. And you slide down, and you get to walk through these little wildflower pastures and I saw a tree frog there the other day, so I started looking around for more critters. And I'm walking by, and there's some sycamore saplings. 
And I'm looking up and I see this itty, itty, bitty, bitty little nickel-sized shadow outline of a frog. So I bend the leaf down and lo and behold, there's a frog that would fit on my thumbnail. And I take some pictures of it from top and below. And I keep moving and there's a funky green huge spider that I just, even after watching Charlotte's Web last night, I just didn't want to get close enough to photograph. So I moved on and the family went up the boardwalk and they were inside. So I moseyed on up in there. And underneath it, it's on stilts. And there's antlion, uh, what'd you call those, like conically shaped traps in the sandy dirt underneath. We hang out up in there and I, I see the, uh, I call her a lady from the other day. And I actually got her name now through uh, social media, following her on Instagram now. And she, I said, hey, I found another little frog out there. I thought it was a green tree frog again. He was itty bitty. And I showed her the picture. She's like, that's either a cricket frog or a spring peeper. I said, well, I haven't seen a cricket frog or identified one since vertebrate zoology in college 20 years ago. So I said, let's go check it out. So she comes on down and we take a bunch of really cool pictures of it. And then she goes and takes a bunch of really cool pictures of the spider that she posted on her Instagram. And from there, I'm hot, I'm thirsty. I ate a lot of salt at that meal. Two to three biscuits, a full chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes and gravy. And I did dip my biscuits in the gravy too. I had to. And I just wanted some thirst, quenching water, and to chill out for a bit. So we came back here and hung out and the pixie is watching stupid stuff on her Kindle. And we told her if she starts watching that Anya and Elsia, we're deleting the YouTube app on her Kindle. I said, go watch, go watch something that you learn to learn something. Go watch some David Attenborough or Connections season one or two, or go watch uh, our favorite chemistry video, Don Showalter. And wife and I are hanging out and we're starting to fall asleep. It's, it's about four 30 in the afternoon. I said, all right, we got to get out of here. Let's go find some food. That's not Brown because everything we've eaten this week has been Brown except for the microgreens and radishes yesterday and the sandwich at Mitchell's. And I tried to explain to my mother-in-law what that meant. I said, everything we've eaten this week is Brown and she didn't get it. And we needed some color. By the way, that was my hand. That wasn't me farting. I just went. <laughs> and we went over to, you go, bear with me. I'm going to find out the place right down the street. We could have walked Eastland Cafe. They have a nice little happy hour. And we sat in the back patio under some really old wisteria plants that were growing across the lights across the patio. And, Again, there's kids back there. It looked like what Jim referred to as uh, the bachelorette parties. These women just kept coming in the door. When I, and I asked them if they came in a clown car because it was absurd how many women came back. They were cackling and boozing. So we sit down in the back and it's breezy and cool in the shade. And there's a little girl at the table next to us playing with Duplo blocks. And just fun atmosphere. We really love this town. And we're sitting back there. We get the happy hour menu. I decided to go with, it's a rum, cassis, pineapple, cranberry drink. Really big ice cubes that melted slowly. Pixie had ice water. The wife had a bourbon smash, which was bourbon, simple syrup, lime, and mint. 
And then we ordered some smoked wings again. And these were in some mango hot sauce dusted with green onions. And there's a cilantro ranch sauce. I was like, "Uh uh-uh. You keep that nasty crap away from me. And again, smoked wings, are there's no grizzle on them. These are not your orange buffalo wings you get at a bar. These are crispy, crunchy, seasoned to the wazoo, fantastic wings. And then the Pixie orders a a little pepperoni pizza. And I'm thinking, this just isn't enough for me. I need to go out for some food. So while the two ladies are talking back and forth, I start looking up Pepper Fire on my phone. You know what? I'm going out for another meal tonight. So I start trying to do the order online and it's not working. And the wife gets another drink. And what did she have? She had a bourbon Manhattan. That's kind of redundant. And then I had the bourbon smash. And she got a third drink. And we were there for an hour and a half. So I drive home. And honestly, we could have walked. It's only about five or six blocks from here. We come back here. She's putting the kid to bed. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get myself some hot chicken. So I put in pepper fire. It's eight-tenths of a mile away. Everything is so close around here. Just so close to where we're staying. And if you want the Airbnb name, we can get it for you. Get in the car, put on my GPS, drive through these little neighborhoods, get out there. And there's a bunch of parking spots out front. There's a sushi restaurant and pepper fire. I pull right in and I'm really enjoying driving a pickup truck. It's fun. I walk in and there's like six people maybe. So I walk in and there's maybe six people sitting at tables and there's no line. And I walk up to the girl. The first thing I notice is her makeup. Her eyebrows were these pink, purple, and dark blue pastels. And it looked like a steelhead fly. I wanted to take a picture, but I don't want to creep out on her like that. If that's the right term, I don't know. I don't want to be some dirty old man checking out this this lady's eyebrows. And I look around. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's it's empty. She's like, it's kind of normal for this time of night. It's 7-something p.m. And I said, wow, well, Monday was pretty damn crazy. She's like, oh, that's because the eclipse. She's like, those were all gapers that were in town checking it out. I was like, all right, all right. So uh, I ordered three chicken strips, and I went medium this time. I did mild last time. They were peppery, but they didn't have the heat. And I was just going to get a little cup of beans to go because I did not like the fries. They got mealy. And I went back to this place rather than Bolton's because the chicken strips were thicker. They had more moisture to them. And they were crunchy, but it wasn't all crunch. The Bolton ones were a little, I'd say, well done. They were fantastic, but this was different. And she's like, you just want one side? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, how about green beans? She's like, it doesn't say green beans up there. It says green chili. I was like, oh, I was like, green chili what? She's green chili mac and cheese. I said, "Mm mm-hmm, we're going to do that. And I put my order in. It's like nine bucks. Ten, you know, change back on a 10, threw a dollar in the tip jar. And I said, how long is it going to take? Because it was 30 minutes the other day. Do I got time to sit down and sip on a pint of beer? She's like, well, how fast can you chug a tall boy PBR? And I was like, yeah, I don't want to chug a tall boy. PBR got too much 
corn syrup in it. That's just beer soda. I don't want that. And when I ordered, I gave her my name. She said, what name do you want under? I said, Snow White. She's like, okay, that's a new one. And I showed her my ID. She's like, oh, my God, that is bizarre. Uh, and I, she's like, where'd you get it from? I gave her the whole spiel. And while we're talking, this guy walks up to the counter from the kitchen with a plastic bag and says, Snow White? He's looking back and forth. And I'm like, me? Since I had my wallet out, I showed him. He's like, oh, my goodness. So it's one of the benefits of having this last name is you kind of mess with people. It's always funny when you're in the doctor's office and they walk out and they look left, they look right, they look left again, and they say, Snow White? And I'm like, that's me. I get in the car and I am back. The whole trip was maybe 10 minutes. Uh teeth brushing, book reading, getting into pajamas had all just been done in that time. And I say goodnight to the pixie, put her to bed. I sit down in the kitchen and open up that, again, it's, it's the styrofoam. I feel bad about all the waste that has gone on with our eating out this week. I open it up and it's reddish brown, crusted, battered chicken fingers, a little package of beans, a little package of green chili mac and cheese. I squeeze out some ranch. I got a slice of white bread and some pickles. And I take that first bite and it's pretty damn hot because it's fresh out of the fryer. You wait a couple seconds, there's the heat. And I start sweating. Just enough heat that it's fun. It's not overly painful. But it was another one of the best meals I've, I've had in a long time. And I was enjoying it so much. And I dig into the creamy, spicy mac and cheese with chunks of green chilies and the smoky, sweet baked beans that are perfectly cooked. I had to go on and leave them a review on, on Google. And as I was typing it, I was so sad that I ran out of three chicken fingers. Of course, the wife who, I'm not hungry, comes in, stands up and starts eating my chicken fingers and my baked beans and mac and cheese. And I shoo her away. I was very sad when I was done and she said it wasn't that spicy and to me it was perfect I don't know if I'd go up a level but it was it's it was a memorable meal and I hope they knock out the Einstein brothers bagels next to us in Fairfax and put in something like pepper fire because that would be amazing and then finished that up sat down watched a couple episodes of veep nearly pissed ourselves laughing and now I'm out here at 941 talking to y'all and watching the bugs flying around. The spiders are making their webs and little crane flies flying around. Just the sound of Katie dids. And I'm going to go hit the head because I'm going to hit the hay. Probably hit the head too. And that pretty much sums up our trip. Again, dinner was mostly brown. The only color was the pickle. This episode might just be eating brown food in Nashville, Tennessee. I, uh, the wife ordered a beet and goat cheese salad, and it was purple and yellow and pink. That was the most colorful thing we've eaten all week, other than the blueberries and plums that the wife bought at Aldi. We've had a great time here. Looking forward to coming back, hopefully. We're trying to decide on the next city we're going to go to to check out its cuisine and culture. I hope you all enjoyed this one. 
I'll have pictures up eventually one day with the links of all the places we ate. And I'm starting to get ready for steelhead season. It's the first year in 16 years where it's going to be September and I haven't even figured out the week we're going, the days we're going, who's going with me. Uh, when I go, I'm not going to tie a single fly before I go. I'm just going to pack up my gear and head up north, hopefully sleep in, uh, I don't know when we're going. I'm not going to be able to book a room at the trestle pool probably. It'll be full. So we're probably, at least I'm going to just probably camp out in Dirty Bill's garage and just live out of there for a couple of days. But I'm excited to try my new Sitka gear jacket and looking forward to some cool weather. It's been a very hot summer. It's been very rainy in D.C. It's uh, fishing, you know, borderline atrocious in the river. But we've been making do and looking forward to, uh, it hasn't rained in a week, so we should get into some fish with some clarity this weekend. Thank you for listening to this podcast and expect more to come. Thank you. Now I'm going to go and probably have more spicy food dreams. I've been banished to the couch again, and instead of the comforter, I found a light blanket in the Pixie's closet. So let's go try that out. Turn on the ceiling fan. I need some charcoal pills and call it a night. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. Media.